America. We are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome to Millions of Screens, IndieWire's TV industry Focus podcast. I'm creator producer Leo Garcia, joined via Zoom by TV Awards editor Libby Hill and TV deputy editor Ben Travers. We're still abiding by California shelter-in-place laws, and we're social distancing in our own apartments. On today's episode, a super clicker episode, we'll be talking about Netflix Q1 earnings, HBO Max, and an awards change that has been... And Libby? Yeah. Angered? Angry? Uh, B- Libby's just nonplussed, but Ben is fuming. Furious. Fuming. He's wearing his podcast sweatshirt and he's furious. This is the millions and millions of little screens. Can't you shut up? I'm busy. Boy, what a great show. We move on to the next segment, The Clicker. The next segment, the only segment. (laughs) That's right. This is a super clicker episode where all we're doing is talking what's happening in the news. Guys, in news that's surprising nobody... Uh, during its Q1 2020 fiscal report, Netflix reported adding 15.77 million subscribers and 5.76 billion in revenue. Uh, the numbers were incredibly high, and everybody anticipated numbers to be booming right now for streaming because of everything that's gone on. We already saw Disney Plus get a big jump in subscribers over the last month, um, at least by all accounts, according to their own research and third parties. Uh, but Netflix report was still surprising in that I'm pretty sure they were expecting to hit 7 million new subscribers. And again, this is worldwide, which, so that's still a substantial number. But for them to more than double that is uh, pretty impressive in a market that's largely considered to be fairly saturated, at least in the United States. So um, people are tuning in. Uh, they're relying on Netflix to provide them some distractions right now. And, um, you know. I think it's got enough content to serve that purpose. That's for sure. I mean, some of the some of the show some of the numbers they put out, and granted, take all of these with a grain of salt because they come from Netflix uh, itself. But Tiger King uh, said to have had sixty four million viewers. Love Is Blind thirty million. Spencer Confidential, everyone's favorite movie, eighty five million viewers. While our favorite Ozark season three had twenty nine million viewers in its first four weeks, which is pretty good. Yeah, and I mean a lot of those shows and movies came out, you know, well before the crisis. So you know, perhaps people are going back now that there's a pandemic and they're sheltering in place and they're looking for entertainment that they may have missed before. But you know, with Spencer Confidential, that was something that came out in what February, uh, maybe the end of January. It was it was a pretty early release, March sixth. So that- what are you serious that was march 6th that's insane yeah oh my god i mean it is actually a lifetime ago but yeah. uh yeah march 6th it it feels like a lifetime ago well never mind yeah. i am oh, a yeah, little was... curious as to ozark's 29 million like it's it's weird to me because i don't intellectually see for as much chatter as there was about love is blind i i it's hard for me to see Love is Blind and Ozark getting sort of the same amount of viewers. What's also interesting is just the like the disproportionate amount of their hits. Like the idea that Tiger King 
hit 63 64 million people checking it out okay sure that seems it's it's everywhere it's it's something we can't right. stop talking about uh but like the the surprise of the day was that money heist actually had more people checking it out 65 million members over the first quarter uh and that's you know a show that basically nobody's talking about at least you know in the culture and the on twitter and in a lot of our you know usual threads and then we can't forget that their biggest hit before Tiger King came around was The Witcher, which got up to 76 million. So more people were watching The Witcher than were watching Tiger King. And I definitely don't. There wasn't as much universal chatter about Henry Cavill as there is about this, these Tiger King people. So the perception and the reality, uh, whether or not we can trust the numbers, uh, it's still interesting to, to compare and contrast. I wonder how many people checked out Money Heist um, just because they were like, that's a terrible name for a show. Uh, <laughs> is that a satire? Because Money Heist is, is kind of all right there in the, in the headline. I thought Money Heist was like one of those terrible, terrible direct-to-Netflix movies. Mm. Like from, I don't know, Adam Sandler. Like that, the like... Um, but bad Netflix movie, Adam Sandler, not, not, um, not our beloved 2019 Adam Sandler. You see that, uh, David Spade, uh, David Spade, Lauren Lapkus, uh, movie. Oh God. I mean, I got the release, but no, the wrong Missy. Like if that was titled money heist, I would be like, yeah, that, that makes sense. That's exactly what I was expecting. Cut to three months from now when we're looking at Netflix's Q2. I don't know when this thing releases. <laughs> Look at their Q2 numbers and they're just like uh, 130 million people watched The Wrong Missy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we live in a world where David Spade outperforms Mark Wahlberg, that's somehow worse. Been a big day for Netflix. Huge big day. Uh, they announced these huge numbers. And now the Television Academy is changing rules or just ignoring rules for them. Black Mirror, the Black Mirror episode Smithereens, which stars everyone, everyone's favorite hot priests, uh, Andrew Scott. That's not true. No? No. Some people, their favorite hot priest is still Jude Law in the Young <laughs> Wow. Just saying. Wow, wow. Just saying. Uh, it should be Peter Postwaite in uh, Romeo plus Juliet. <laughs> that's, I'm sure that's somebody's. Libby, <laughs> explain to me what happened. In December of 2018, the Television Academy made a rules change saying that in order to compete, in order for an individual episode to compete as a TV movie, it needed to be at least 75 minutes long. Now, the reason for that is because they had seen a new trend, not of movies winning for outstanding television movie, but specifically episodes of Black Mirror, which won in 2017 and 2018. But for the first year it was in effect, last year, Black Mirror still won TV movie for Black Mirror Bandersnatch, which was, I believe, over 75 minutes long. Depending it on was, how the experience went for you. Well, uh, yeah, 90 minutes for the default path. So that was a tricksy little way for them to get around it. Come into this Emmy season, the rules are still in effect. A episode of television has to be over 75 minutes long. 
to be entered as a TV movie. Netflix has an episode entitled Smithereens with the hot priest, Andrew Scott. And it's only 70 minutes long. Bummer. Too bad. We changed the rules. Those are the rules, right? Except no, because Netflix petitioned the TV Academy to allow them to enter this single episode of Black Mirror, Smithereens, into the TV movie race, which today we found out that the TV Academy accepted, which means that they went through the trouble of changing the rules ostensibly to limit Black Mirror's stranglehold on best TV movie and have now allowed an exception for a Black Mirror episode to enter into TV movie. What are we doing here? Ben, I'm mad. Yeah, it just, it's just, I don't have the words for this. I'm so angry about it. It just makes no sense. It's not even like I tried to explain, or like I, I talked about before, a lot of the disputes that remain with the TV Academy when it comes to these sort of petitions are when a comedy that runs an hour long is trying to submit as a drama or a drama that's that's 30 minutes needs to qualify in that category. And it just comes down to kind of accepting which genre the show skews the more toward. And we and we've had we've had disputes about this already this year. The Showtime original series on Becoming a God in Central Florida didn't qualify for comedy series, even though it has always been marketed as a black comedy. It has always been billed as a comedy. It qualified at the Globes and the Guild Awards as a comedy, uh, but they deemed it a drama, and, and that seemed insane, but there really is just a matter of opinion separating one from the other. This is the case where Netflix looked at a rule, saw the rule as hard and fast as it is, and just said, well, maybe they don't care about their own rules, submitted it, and found out that that was indeed the case. The TV Academy is just ignoring the very thing they put in place to avoid the very show that they put it in place for from winning any more awards. And not only that, but as soon as they make this allowance, it just it disregards the rule for everything else. And there's so many episodic anthologies out there that don't run an hour that should now be able to qualify for TV movie that it's virtually destroyed the point of the system entirely, like the point of the category. The category is just completely meaningless now. It's just another way to give an award to something that's more specific and and kind of out there or can't qualify in the other categories or simply just doesn't want to qualify in the other categories. I... I don't even I feel so terrible for the movies that have already lost that are actually movies dating back to the tale from Jennifer Fox, which was an HBO Sundance acquisition. And then last year's magnificent Deadwood film, which we really thought was going to win because it had more nominations than anything Black Mirror could get. And it had the respect of the Academy already from the series and it had the built in momentum of the series, which is the whole problem with the category in the first place that we don't want series to be like series weight within the Academy from prior years, influencing their decision on a movie that shouldn't have anything to do with it. But here we are. And the, and the other thing, the last surprising part of this appeal is that Netflix already has a TV movie in the race and it already has a TV movie in the race that many are expecting to win in El Camino, a breaking bad movie. And 
again, that's been billed as a TV movie all along. They've submitted it for TV awards, and Netflix has always been trying to play both ends of the game where they want to win Oscars and Emmys. So some of their movies count as movies, and some of their movies count as TV movies, and they just decide that line on their own. But now they're just lumping even the stuff that they've qualified as a movie in with stuff that they've qualified as episodes and saying they'll take whatever we give them. And as long as the Academy continues to, then I don't blame Netflix at all for continuing to pursue those awards. They need the nominations. They want the prestige. They want the attention to go to the things they think are the best. And by all means, they should have the right to do that. But rules are in place for a reason and competition is in place for a reason. And this is just eradicating all of it. Words mean things. Categories mean things like that it's not a TV movie because it's not. Is the wrong Missy going to be uh, in TV movie? I would <laughs> suspect that'll actually fall into the neither category, which makes, again, the Netflix process so confusing because for movies to qualify as for the Oscars, they have to air in theaters. But there's still plenty of movies that Netflix doesn't air in theaters that they still don't submit for TV awards. So they're just trying to keep anything from blurring the lines that they've drawn for themselves. I just think it would be a shoe in for this category. Uh, you would. <laughs> there is something about what they see as films. Like they also didn't submit to All the Boys I Loved before to the Emmys, I don't think. Nope. Which, why? Why aren't you doing that? Like if you want to win that category. If you want to have the best TV movie, submit the best TV movie, which chances are you'll have because you have more money than anyone. And, and, and but no, don't send, don't submit an episode of television. God, I'm so mad about this. Yeah. Why well, did they submit murder mystery? Well, this is the gamble. And this is the reason that, that again, I don't think they can do it with just their, with something that they think would win TV movie, but they know wasn't going to win Oscars. And that's because if they do submit something that is a movie that they think is very good and that doesn't have any clear ties to television, then it's going to blur the line for the Academy when they're trying to decide which is which. And the Academy is going to start right. saying that all of these don't count. And then Netflix is going to lose out on a shot at the Oscar. Right. They're trying to keep the film Academy happy. Especially it's for this dumb. category, this category, which is so esteemed, uh, where the Kennedys was uh, was nominated in 2011, which also featured no. a nomination for Barry We're Pepper. We're not doing this. <laughs> for Barry Pepper. And see, this is the other problem with a lot of what goes on with the Emmy category, like categorization, uh, with the Emmy categorization. It's that the TV movie has been seeing a slight decline in like just just the sheer number of contenders like there's just not as many as there used to be and that goes back and forth some years there's plenty some years there's not that many and what the emmys are looking for more than anything especially right now are popular series to qualify so that the ratings at their award show can go up and they want to see that happen especially for the stuff that's in the primetime emmys where the tv movie still resides even though they dabbled with it being in a creative arts ceremony at one point um so they need big name movies. But the problem with, again, like it happening this year is that there already are big name movies. There is there is El Camino for Netflix. There's Bad Education at HBO, which has Hugh Jackman and everybody else in it. There's plenty of stuff from the other streamers and some of the cable channels that will actually qualify and be a legit contender. So it's really frustrating to see them kind of bend over backwards to make this thing fit that doesn't. Is it possible? 
that Black Mirror wins the Emmy for best TV movie all four years of Trump's presidency? <laughs> Christ. Jesus. Why are you like this? That's the meanest. Oh. It just shows what? that we are in the Black Mirror episode. It's us that are in the Black Mirror episode. Right. It sucks. Ben, you brought up Bad Education, which is going to be on HBO. HBO is going to have its own streaming service called HBO Max. HBO Now. I mean, HBO Go. Uh, HBO. <laughs> what is HBO Max? HBO and Go how now. do I pay for it? How soon <laughs> can, can I, I start paying now? for it? HBO Max is coming out May 27th. Uh, it is the new Warner Media streaming service that unites all the brands of Warner Media under one roof. So that not only can you stream all of the HBO original titles and vast library, you can also access uh, hit programming from TNT, TBS, Cartoon Network. Uh, what else is there? Um, True TV. True, True TV, which actually deserves you, a better streaming For all you Impractical Jokers fans. For I'm Sorry fans and, uh, oh God, there's one other good one. At Home? Oh yeah, At Home with Amy Sedaris. Yeah. Shit. Um... It also has so, Crunchyroll and Rooster Teeth, and I don't know. I know what those things are, but I don't know who's going to uh, really. I'm not sure if one or both of those exist anymore. And Looney Tunes. Yeah, new Looney Yay. Tunes as well. Um, and I think this is kind of where the general confusion comes in from the get-go. And it's not just that HBO Max is pooling all of these resources into one place so that you can subscribe for $14.99 a month and have access to them through streaming versus cable or whatever else. It's that it's also going to put out its own original programming, just not quite as often or as prevalently as other streaming services, Uh, though maybe as much as Apple TV, it's hard to tell. Um, And some of those originals are weird like they're doing a gossip girl sequel series uh they're doing a green lantern animated series i believe uh they're premiering steven soderbergh's next movie starring meryl streep and there's plenty more like in the coffers that they're working on but it's just a matter of like you used to think of these brands being identified somewhere else now they're trying to bring them all back under one roof and it's going to take a little bit of a learning curve for you to get there um but yeah it's coming. It's exciting. There's Elmo hosting a late night show. That's great. I was about to ask, what are you most excited for? Uh, to, I mean, and the fact that there wouldn't be a Friends. Yeah, the planned Friends reunion has been uh, at least put on hold until you know production can resume. But um, I think that's the biggest question facing HBO Max, as we alluded to in our previous conversation. It's just, do they have enough at launch to lure people in? They do have a great library. Like they've got, they're going to have all the Friends episodes there, which is, you know, something that's been lacking since it left Netflix earlier this year. Uh, They're going to have South Park. They're going to have plenty of other licensed content, especially like the Warner Brothers film library. Um, But because they lost that Friends reunion special, they don't have like the launch event show that they did before. They've just got a few things that they're trying to kind of fill in around it to replace that initial buzz. Also, it's weird. It, it does feel a little more like, I don't want to say, I, I want to say and kind of the, the Disney Plus launch where, you know, they were coming with a, a pretty extensive back catalog. Um, but also, I don't know that I will immediately know what is in their back catalog, as Ben said, just because there are so many, there are so many multimedia empires. Um, 
I realized this when I went over to Viacom CBS, which is press site today to try and find something. Um, it's hard to keep track of who belongs to what big three companies. So it'll be, it'll take a little time to familiarize myself with what they're offering, but still HBO is going to HBO. And that's really hard to, to opt out of at this juncture. Yeah, I think what they're what they're going to have to lean into at the beginning is just the idea that you're already paying this much money for HBO. Why wouldn't you pay the same amount of money for HBO and all this other stuff in a fancy right. new streaming platform that's available all over the place and blah 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 blah. Yeah, right. it's their their pitch is essentially you're paying fifteen dollars for HBO now. Now pay the same amount, get HBO Max, and you get Franklin and Bash. <laughs> I probably wouldn't lead with that, but yeah, that's a way you could go. I mean, for our for our unique IndieWire readership, I do think that they'll be excited to have the complete Studio Ghibli collection available yep. to stream, uh, as well as the new season of Search Party, which apparently is going to be available at launch. So that's nice. Oh, and Joker. Ooh. And, oh, and not nice. Joker. <laughs> Guys, I have a question. Okay. Hit me. On the podcast, on this podcast, we have recurring schedule. We have recurring segments. Uh, we did just retire one in the last episode, and I would like to introduce a new segment to memorialize like that old segment. Actually, to which I pose a question to both of you, guys: Is Quibby dead yet? No. All right. All accounts, not yet. I still have. 75 free days of Quibi, <laughs> however long I have. So it can't be dead yet. I'm gonna get charged in 75 days. You're absolutely, like you'll still have access for the 90 days, but just- Yeah. Millions of Screens is a production of Penske Media Corporation and IndieWire. Our theme music features excerpts to the classic YouTube video, Bjork talking about our TV and Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Our editor-in-chief is Dana Harris-Brightson, our publisher is James Israel, and our executive editor is Ann Donahue. You can find us on Twitter at a million screens, at Midwest Spitfire, at Ben T. Travers, and at Leo Adrian Garcia. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. So please leave a review and let us know what you think. If it's good, we might read it on air. And if it's bad, we'll try our best to delete it from the site. This is Ben, Libby, and Leo reminding you, as always, that you shouldn't let poets lie to you. You shouldn't let poets lie to you. Ain't nothing wrong with a couple of cold brews and a cool podcast. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.